Hello, everybody. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's Rooster Grooves. I'm Jesse Quigley. I'm Jay Purcell. Here and again. That means it's Rooster Grooves. Another rainy night in Seattle. Another dark <laughs> winter rainy night in Seattle. We're going to start out every episode talking about the weather. Yeah, it's always the same, so you know what's coming. It was nice and sunny yesterday, though. It was beautiful. You can see it on my last episode of The Drop. Check that out. The Drop um, is bomb. It was the sun was streaming into the studio here. It was it was nice. I like those vibes. Yeah, we should start recording in the daytime maybe one day. Yeah, get some natural light. Well, daylight saving time is is happening now, but it's <laughs> when is that? I never <laughs> know when that is anymore. It's soon. It's like in the next week or two. But oh, this, good. Is a, this is a future episode, so this is probably coming out in the heat of summer. Oh yeah, or something like that. So oh, yeah, see you guys at the beach. Yeah, yeah. Listening to some uh, men I trust. Nice hopefully, yeah. the, hopefully, there's men you trust at the beach. Hopefully, more just people. Most of them <laughs> you trust. <laughs> We're talking about men I trust. The band, the band, Can, men I trust. Yeah, this this week. Yeah, well, yeah, great stuff. I was excited to talk about these guys. Uh, three piece. Yeah, band from um, Canada, uh, Montreal, right? The French part of Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so these yeah. guys are. And uh, when I was watching interviews and stuff, they speak English, but they also I think they're. No French Canadian. I think yeah. they all speak French, or they at least have accents. Yeah, the two guys have more of an accent than the the singer. Mm-hmm. I think she does too, though. Yeah, she does a little bit. It's a little bit of a fainter accent. I feel like. But, um, so, like we said, yeah. three three piece. The singer is Emma Prowl Emmanuel. Is that? Yeah, Emmanuel. Her full name is Emmanuel. Sometimes she goes by Emma, I think, and then her last name is Prowlx. Well, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. Seems like it might be a silent X. Prowl, the end. Prowl. Or, or even just pra or Pru- something like that. Prul, prul. P r o u l x. Yeah. Somebody tell us how to say that. Yeah. Um. And she, yeah, she joined the band in 2016, and the band was started by Jesse Karen and Dragos Shiriak. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm, I'm pronouncing those correctly. Yeah. Um. To give those guys proper respect. Yeah. Because they've been at it for a while, doing super cool stuff. And um. Yeah. So this is like a, a indie dream pop. Hmm. Um, you know, kind of bedroom pop, bedroom pop again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I've been using the word bedroom a lot. It, it yeah. may it means something to me. I hope it means something to other people. Yeah. But you can, um, you know, indie pop, dream pop, electro pop. Yeah, maybe a little chill wave. But they're groovy, yeah. they're funky, um, in a very chill way. Yeah, yeah. And um, so they released a couple albums. They had like two albums, and then my favorite which is what made me really excited about this group was um, their third full-length LP, Uncle Jazz. I think mm. it's pronounced Uncle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Uncle, but with an O. Yeah. Again, yeah. Hopefully we're pronouncing this right. Um, but that was, this is a great record. Mm. And I was just super pumped. It's super smooth. It's, it's like low-key funky and it's yeah, groovy, yeah. but it's super chill and light and kind of ethereal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know, it just hits really hard for me. It's pretty like, kind of introspective vibes. Mm-hmm. You know, if, I don't know if you're like an extrovert and you want like music that's turned up a little bit more, like more energy right off the cuff, yeah. then maybe that's not what you're wanting to listen to with yeah, these yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, as kind of an introvert kind of guy, um, it's just like beautiful music to be introspective to and to just chill to. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, what are your, your, your thoughts off the cuff? Yeah, well, yeah, I got that. Uh, well, I listened to Uncle first. 
um really long album actually like was it 24 tracks or something yeah crazy 70 like minutes yeah and um yeah it's yeah same thing it's warm cozy vibe mm-hmm. soft it's jazzy um, yeah jazzy lo-fi mm-hmm. um yeah definitely like a very cohesive warm sound through every track kind of thing yeah um and you know yeah, I have that kind of French vibe from it as well. I don't know whether that is intentional from them or, you know, because they come from that French, French speaking part of Canada, Montreal, Quebec. Right. But um, yeah, it reminded me a lot of like um, Serge Gainsbourg, who was like okay. a really big, you know, French artist in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Also a little bit of air. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they even have a track called Air somewhere, but I don't know if maybe I, possibly inspired by. I'm not sure if it's related. I don't think it is related to them because mm-hmm. we'll talk about that a bit later. How they like but, to write music and stuff. And, for sure. Yeah. But but, like, yeah. 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 They're possibly inspired by some other French artists. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. There's yeah. some kind of connection there. I don't know how it is for people born in Canada. Yeah. I don't know what the that culture is really. Interesting. Well, they <laughs> so they each had some very interesting influences growing up. I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Give me some. Uh, well, so let me see who who should we? Well, okay, let's talk about Emmanuel Singer. Yeah, she sure. Was like the, she didn't. She joined like a couple of years after they started initially, right? Yeah, I think she joined in two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, and um, uh, she like had a lot of just pop music happening in her household from mm-hmm. the time um she likes a lot of whitney houston um yeah any whitney houston is what she said um and i think uh in the later days now uh she likes to listen to a lot of um like um lana del rey sure yeah don't we all um abba was a was a group that all of them mentioned actually mm-hmm. as a big influence which you can kind of see maybe a little bit in in that latest album uncle um, yeah for sure and uh yeah and then so and then you have uh drago was it dragos or Dr- dragos dragos with an s dragos dragos yeah. he seems to have come from more of a classical background uh-huh. um playing piano and listening to a lot of old classical music right um and then jesse like his first uh uh purchase of music was no effects so he was like okay, into nice. some like hardcore kind of punk thing so yeah. it's very interesting you got the the pop the classical and you know the harder stuff and right you know those influences all mesh within them and come together to help them create the music that they create um, yeah yeah totally that's one of the cool yeah. things about this group men i trust we're talking about um because they have a wide range of influences, you know, nice and well-rounded, and they, I think they truly like you know, different styles of music, and they want to all incorporate it. And one of the, the things they do when they're writing and creating with each other is um, kind of doing it in isolation. So mm-hmm. one guy, the guy has an idea, and they'll pass it to the other two, and they'll kind of work on their parts, come up with stuff on their own, in their own house or wherever they're at, yeah. and add what they feel like the song deserves. Yeah. And then they kind of bring all these ideas and kind of reshape it to to something yeah. that, that feels like men I trust. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think that that's my favorite way of creating stuff is kind of like, okay, let me have this and be in isolation and yeah. I'll listen to it a bunch and then, you know, come up with my parts that I think are really good and meant for this kind of track. Yeah. And then it seems to work out. So it works out for these guys very well. Complementing each other by right. sort of 
finishing off or continuing an idea that someone else mm-hmm. came up with kind of thing. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and taking it that extra mile, taking it that extra step um, to add each other's influences, which make it a real nice, well-rounded song. Yeah. Um, like I said, on Uncle Jazz, Uncle Jazz, it's, it's, it's a little groovy, it's indie, but it's funky. Yeah. Great bass lines. Oh, yeah. A lot of great bass lines. Yeah. That's what I think it reminded me a lot of Air and um, uh, Serge Gainsbourg more than anything. Was yeah. how the bass lines flowed and how they sounded sonically, mm-hmm. the way it was recorded sort of thing. Um, yeah. Super. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, and I'm always a fan of, um, of bass players named Jesse. There you go. Who does funky, Although, groovy uh, stuff. Jesse with a Y. But it is Jesse with a Y. <laughs> I don't know how I feel Jesse about that. Jesse with a Y? I knew another no. <laughs> Jesse with a Y from high school. Yeah. Um, it's an unusual spelling. He played music too. Yeah. I don't know if he's still doing it, but uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm down with Jesse with the E. That's yeah. how I spell my name. But it's not short for anything. Jesse with a Y? Not that uh, I'm aware of. Okay. Yeah. Not that I'm aware of, but yeah. if somebody knows anything about the word Jesse or the name Jesse, let us know. Yeah. We're always looking for feedback, and we're just here to learn along with everybody else. Exactly. Oh. On here on <clears throat> Roots to Groove. Um, so yeah, Dragos, Emma, and Jesse. Yeah. Sick bass lines off Jesse. Yeah. And um, I mean, yeah, I don't know what we're talking about, but I think we should play another track because yeah. the track we played was was cool. That was off of the first album we played, by mm-hmm. the way. Um, self-titled "Men I Trust" came out in 2014. Right. And that track was called Dazed. Actually, didn't feature him. Uh, this was before Emmanuel joined. So, the, the woman lead singer, right? Yeah. So, on that album, they had a lot of guest vocalists on different tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, that one featured Joffrey and Gabrielle. Um, don't know who they are, unfortunately. But, yeah. Uh, they're who, who? dope, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. Before we oh, get no, in. Actually, sorry. I completely messed that up. The first track Jay. we played was just called Ecstatic Memoirs, and it featured an artist called James. Sorry, guys. Uh, Jay, we're, we're mixing everybody up here. I know, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, before we get into any, anything else off that first album, um, let's play a track off of Uncle Jazz. Okay, yeah. Because um, I think that, that'll give everybody a, a solid idea of where I'm coming from, of okay. at least where you know, my heart is with this group. Okay. Um, yeah. We should play the track called um, Show Me How. Sure, I think yeah. it's really hot for them right now. And okay. I think this album has kind of pushed them over the limit of, you know, mm. people are talking about them and everything. Yeah. And th- this, this is the song that I, was, that I discovered them by. Oh, okay. And nice. so it's, you know, I'm pretty close to it. And I think the listeners would get a kick out of it. Let's do it. Let's catch these vibes. Yeah, check it out. Of Uncle Jazz. That was a sweet track. 2019. So that's their latest LP. That's how I discovered them. Mm. Isn't that chill? That yeah, definitely yeah. has some air vibes. Yeah, definitely. I love yeah what you're saying about the bass. Mm-hmm. Um, how melodic it is. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that. It's like used melodically. Um, but still groovy. Like that, yeah. I love it. How it's, it's acting as the rhythm and the kind of the beat you know they're doing the rhythm section thing with the bass and the drums yeah yeah. but the bass is so melodic yeah yeah and not to yeah dismiss the drums because it's very tasteful and and exactly what the song needs yeah yeah. but i'm a bass player and 
I can't get over that bass, that tone, how you hear it yeah, yeah, yeah. on the fretboard. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds so intimate and melodic. Play with a pick, it sounds like a little bit to get that yeah. sort of a little bit muted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. That's, totally. Yeah, that's, that was purely like, that's what Serge Gainsbourg used to do a lot as well. Okay. Like, and that kind of, I don't know, I call it French French bass. The, the French bass. <laughs> I'm into the French bass. I don't know. I have a Hofner um, bass oh, guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit nerdy for a second. And um, the reason I got that is because I was researching bass guitars. I wanted to get a bass guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know what to get. Um, it basically came down to two. And uh, and I was also kind of like listening to air a lot and mm-hmm. thinking, oh, what are they using? And it, yeah, it came down to the Hofner, uh, which is what they use a lot. What obviously Paul McCartney and the Beatles used, yeah, um, and uh, and the French, uh, <laughs> the French, the Fender precis- Precision Jazz Bass P Bass, mm-hmm. as they call it, is the other one, um, which is like used a lot, kind of thing. And um, yeah, I went with the Hofner because it's way cheaper for now, for me, for now, as a beginner. I'm not like <laughs> a pro bass player or anything like that. I would have thought that was but, more expensive because it seems like more of a older instrument or a classical look and maybe that well, that novelty so, yeah. makes it more expensive but maybe not well so to get even more in the details for our nerdy musical let's, let's go yeah, let's, let's go is, uh, i think there's two types of hofner, hofner bases out there there's the mm-hmm. violin shaped bass okay which is what paul mccartney used that's what and i'm I familiar think, with i think that's pretty much why a lot of like air and so it's crazy all those people use that version and, and they've been made since the 60s. I think those ones are really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but they make another one, which is like has a slightly different body. Okay. Um, but it's got that same like great sound to it. That same tone. And it's just like, it's completely reliable. Even like the one I got was like $500 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like completely that reliable sort of sound, especially if you pick it and like mute it and stuff yeah. like that. You can get those vibes. Out, I, I out love that. Yeah. So... Yeah. So 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 much nuance yeah, that yeah. you can do on the bass exactly yeah that's but not- it's a very specific sound yeah because I think like that and the P, Fender P bass like if you're gonna make this type of music I think with those ones will get you mm-hmm. what, what you need if one can't get you one sound the other one definitely will and then you know there's so many other types of basses out there but like out of the artists that I listen to and, and inspire me and stuff like that those mm-hmm. are, those seem to be the jazzy funky ones kind of thing mm-hmm. right? yeah. that's that's where yeah. I gravitate yeah. as well yeah. is um cuz I played your Hofner before yeah, yeah and it's it's fun and it's light and you get yeah, those yeah. I, I love hearing the fretboard I want to hear my fingers on the fretboard you know yeah, yeah. coming out of whatever um output it's coming out of whatever speakers yeah and then I also like the Fender Jazz Precision bass that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the creme de la creme. My brother has one of those, and uh, yeah, but they're expensive. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But they're they're great as well. Like, I think that's like one of the air, the famous air tracks. Uh, another bass led song. Um, I think of their first album, Moon Safari. It's like really like. I think that's um, the one I'm familiar with. Yeah, that was a P bass, I think. Okay. So, I discovered yeah. Air when I was working at a restaurant. Oh, yeah? And, yeah, I was busting tables. Yeah, and track I, came on. Yeah, track came on. I was like, this yeah. is chill. Yeah, this is dope. Yeah, yeah. They're really good. Get in the corner, Shazam. Yeah. They're, they're, I'll be right there. They're great, guys. Yeah, we Amazing. definitely got to talk about yeah. them more. Yeah, yeah. But here we are in Rooster Grooves talking about men I trust. So should we rewind a little bit? Yeah, so let's back up. Well, back back to the history because um, um, I'm sorry. Let me get their 
their names Jesse and Dragos mm-hmm. met in high school. Yeah. And so that's kind of where they started their partnership and their musical journey. Uh, were they actually making music at that point? Because it seems like they just met and knew each other, but they weren't making music together at that point. I'm, I'm I don't know. vaguely generalizing yeah, yeah. where that partnership started. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think they had a... I'm not sure yeah. exactly what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I think I saw some stuff that they, they both went to um, study. Um, mm-hmm. Université Laval. Ooh, got my accent. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. In Quebec City. And then after they graduated or left there is when they officially formed mm-hmm. and got together kind of thing. And, um, and, and they were initially inspired mostly by electronic music. It was like the early 2000s, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, and, yeah, as far as I know. Yeah, and you can really hear that on their first album. doesn't really sound anything like Encore. Right. Like, I think Encore is like a new direction maybe yeah and that that's sure. kind of what yeah. Yeah. emmanuel or emma brought to the table yeah, yeah and i feel like yeah that's why i'm so interested in that album because she got onto the band yeah and i feel like they kind of found themselves and came into themselves yeah um with that 2019 release yeah so those two guys were making music together they did the first album a lot of featured other singers on there mm-hmm. and i think there's a couple songs that are just instrumental yeah, but all of yeah, the yeah. features are all of the vocals are featured. Yeah, people not associated directly in the band. Yeah, and then they said they found Emmanuel because she had some Facebook video of her singing or something mm-hmm. like that, and that's where they first knew of her and heard her singing. And then they asked her, I think, to feature initially on a couple of songs on their next album, and then eventually led to them saying do you want to join full-time yeah and like i think they were vibing yeah which is so it's really interesting like a story of those three albums you know the first one being like kind of electronic heavy Mm -hmm. and and then with featured vocalists the second one sort of getting a bit more organic sounding Mm -hmm. i think with emmanuel on not every track but they still had some features and then this third one being really like it's like a progression you can see it in in those albums to like a totally they are now kind of thing like yeah you can kind of see like, them yeah. if you listen yeah. to those in order you can kind of see them find their sound yeah yeah and i feel like they finally found that with uncle jazz but i don't, yeah. I don't want to get ahead we're still in the past <laughs> yeah. we I, I keep gravitating gravitating towards that album though because that's For kind sure. of what a, my main interest is to be yeah. honest okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so i i think yeah so they were working yeah these guys wanted to make music so they did yeah um, I mean, just jumped straight to the second album. Yeah, it is called Headroom. 2015, Headroom. that came out. So same kind of thing, like you said, they're kind of going more organic. Yeah. Still don't have a main vocalist, but Emmanuel's on there on the song Curious Fish, mm-hmm. the uh, sixth track on there. And then there's some, she's on two. She's yeah. also on Out In Myself. Yeah. And then there's several other vocalists and a few other instrumental yeah. tracks. Um, and that's a, that's a solid album. It's good. Yeah, uh, I, the one thing that apparently they said about it was that they felt that the sound of it was too clear and pristine mm-hmm. and that it dehumanized many aspects of the project. Yeah, it um, did sound a little more produced. Yeah, because they're trying to move more to that organic sound kind right. of thing. And um, that's kind of their, their feeling on, on that a little bit. But I don't, I, we don't have any... <laughs> those tracks lined up in our pre-prepared playlist from the album we didn't yeah <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we need Forget to it. was there i mean did you you weren't so keen on that then or um there's nothing particular on there yeah i'm, I'm not i'm straight up not as familiar with the first two albums 
basically. Yeah. Oh, I do. Actually, I have one. Um, should, we, should, we, should we give it a spin for pos- posterity's sake? Yeah. So we actually haven't played like much of the electronic stuff from their first album. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we want to do that um, a little bit first or not. Or should we just skip ahead to... Um, let's just skip ahead. Okay. <laughs> let's just skip ahead. Okay. If everyone's okay with that. Okay. Yeah. All right. This track's <laughs> called, uh, Morse code. Uh, it doesn't feature Emmanuel, but it's, uh, featured singers. This okay. is the one I mentioned earlier. I think that. Yeah. Morse code. That's funky, man. Yeah, that was a. Uh, I know. I know. I know. I know. You kind of like the disco sort of stuff. Right? I, I, I yeah, I do like to be some disco. <laughs> disco is not dead. Disco is not dead. I do tend to. I, I love that funk. Yeah, yeah. I love the groove. I like all things though, you know, because then I'm down to put my bass on on my shoulders and just get a pick and go da 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 like like punky style. Oh yeah, yeah. Just just driving it. Yeah, yeah. That's cool too. Yeah. Yeah. So and I try to be well rounded. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and incorporate all the different things that you can incorporate. For sure, because it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Mixing the genres up, but I mean that song's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I get another good bass line. Yeah, yeah. like different, just, different sound again though, like mm-hmm. than that other track we played. Bass, yeah. sound wise, like to- yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, great. I guess real quick. Yeah. So I mean that that was off their second album. Yeah. And then I was going to just like loop back around because I was going to say this earlier, but didn't get a chance. I forgot. Mm. Um, so they're, we're talking about Men I Trust. They're, they were thinking of band names. Yeah. And uh, one of the names was, the word that they liked was trust. Yeah. And uh, so they were, you know, I think another band was maybe named Trust or something like that. Yeah, or, it was already taken by someone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so then they found Men I Trust. And I guess... Men in in that phrase is referring to mankind. Yeah, yeah. You know, not particular men, right? But kind of yeah, men yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. As a whole, humanity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I was thinking about that, but it's an interesting thing to think about what that phrase means. In yeah. That, in that context. Yeah, and it, and I think it's like um, I think Emmanuel said this like later for like the lyrically kind of thing is like they're trying to be honest. And everything mm-hmm. that they do right and um you know and it says it in the name um but yeah also that's kind of where they're trying to come from as well mm-hmm. like sentiment wise sort of thing yeah so, honesty yeah. is a, a good theme that's awesome yeah. that you said that yeah. um one of the notes i have is that they're always trying to focus on creating songs that convey a sense of storytelling yeah. with strong melodies yeah, yeah so that's kind of their thesis for what they're yeah their perspectives coming from for trying to accomplish what they're making. Yeah. And they always, they said as well that, um, they're never trying to like lyrically what they're talking about. They're not trying to fabricate stories. They're usually mm-hmm. trying to write from personal experiences. Um, right. Real world experience with people yeah. they know yeah. or yeah. things that they actually feel. Yeah. So they've actually had songs that they've named after friends and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, there's this one track called Pierre, um, where it's apparently about some weird situation that all the band members uh, <laughs> noticed with some guy kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know the details. Not a, um, not a man that they trusted? 
um, I think like he was a friend and um, he just got a bit weird, maybe like drunk and, yeah. uh, you know, sexual advances Uh-oh. in some weird way. I, I don't know. Well, I didn't read that story. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I don't know if it's that, but the, the guy that was reviewing the track, um, he knew about that story. He, he said, well, there's definitely, he doesn't know the full story either, but there's definitely some like sexual undertones to the, the song. Okay. The so. <laughs> okay. But, um, well, I mean, that's uh, one of the things that I found was what they, um, I'm sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought on there. Nah, I'm the one to do that. Well, uh, I usually uh, lose my train of thought. I'm just trying to make you feel better and, <laughs> and make stuff up over here to make us seem even and everything. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, no, I, I'm sorry. Let me, let me go on because I got it again. Oh, got it. But I was watching some interviews and stuff and they're, they, they, would, um, they would not want to answer some questions or they'd be like... Mm. Mm-hmm. dancing around mm-hmm. or maybe some say beating behind the bush yeah if you've heard that phrase beating, I don't know if that's around, a, beating around the bush oh not beating behind the bush <laughs> that makes way more sense yeah, yeah okay interesting beating off behind the <laughs> yeah that's a different thing yeah what podcast are we on are we yeah, on the other uh, podcast yeah, right now the uh, secret the, one the other ones yeah um for patreon subscribers yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah paid <laughs> Rooster Grooves on OnlyFans. Yeah. Um, but they would be like not willing to talk about some of the personal things that their songs are talking about or the stories that that, yeah. that help produce the songs. Yeah. Um, just out of respect for the realness of the real people and the real emotions and stuff. And yeah. they wouldn't kind of let the interviewer, you know, in on this, you know, inside yeah. information. I which think, is you no know, respectable. It's cool. Yeah, for sure. I think the other thing I heard them say about that as well is that they don't really want to explain what their songs are about. Mm-hmm. And they want people to explore it themselves. So they like naturally. Apparently, they turn down interviews all the time, and because mm-hmm. they don't want to talk too deeply about the meaning of the songs or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, they want to keep that kind of precious and secret, but to allow the listener to sort of. Right to kind of maintain that yeah. that integrity of mm-hmm. a new release and, yeah. and and allowing the the listener to to be able to perceive that new thing that they're hearing in a in a fresh way. Yeah, yeah. Not give away all the secrets about production and what the song's about and who it's written about. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's super cool. Yeah, I just think that's yeah. dope. Keeping a little bit of mystery exactly, behind yeah. it, especially after the release, you yeah. know, and people are asking you. I know their their latest LP, Uncle Jazz, 2019, took a long time, and I think they yeah. they, they canceled the release multiple times because they felt that they wanted to keep working on it, yeah, and it needed a couple touch ups here and there or whatever, and yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm just saying they have a lot of integrity and they they really want to make a release that that is you know valid to people and it's fresh and it's novel, yeah, upon the release date. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I think they for Uncle Jazz they literally cancelled it the day before it was supposed to come out. That like, soon? Yeah, like it was literally being uploaded to the streaming platforms. <laughs> like right, and, and they were like they cancelled it because they it wasn't right and they wanted to rework and remix some things. Kind uh-huh. of thing. Um, and I think also uh, as they were working on that, they were touring a lot, and um, and they said it was just something about that the headspace as well of of touring. Um, that just kind of, you know, there's a lot going on in your head with different things yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I, I guess I don't, they, don't, they didn't feel that they were completely mm, relaxed or like, you know, giving giving the work its best kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, right. Like maybe is a, 
one way to put it. They didn't say that themselves, but that's kind of what I get from what they're saying. Yeah, totally. That's it's what like, I get too. Like they needed the energy and the time to actually, like, you know what, let's just take a time out. And, mm-hmm. Not yeah, rush it. We don't need to rush it. Yeah, so. There's no point. Yeah, yeah. We, there's yeah. no rush. Yeah. There's no yeah. deadline other than the deadline that you give yourself. Yeah. And even that, you know, can be nixed for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, they have great integrity and perseverance. Yeah. Because that's hard to do. Yeah. When you're that close and it's been mixed, it's been mastered, it's uploaded. Yeah. It's happening tonight. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, cancel. We're going to take another month. <laughs> and they have the ability to do this as well because there's, some, there's something else we should talk about as well is they are completely independent. That's um, huge. I can't believe we didn't say that at the beginning. Yeah. They're completely independent. No record label. Yeah. No management. Yeah. No PR. No, no one. They're doing all of it themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think their website, their official website is like a Tumblr page. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, they just, maintain themselves. Yeah. So yeah. obviously, Rooster Grooves is all about the DIY. Yeah, yeah. And you know the underground culture. How are these people doing this? Yeah. And these people are just doing it themselves. However, they got to get it done. Yeah. They're not relying on on massive amounts of money to yeah. get pushed. Yeah. Most of everybody who knows about them is from word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most part. Yeah, it's like um, you know, true, uh, you know. I was going to say true grit or some movie, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, but like just, grassroots. Yeah. Gra- grafting, you know, hot, true hard work kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is rare to do in the music industry because, you know, I know a lot of people that are artists that, um, just want to focus on the music and they, they either suck at everything else or mm-hmm. they, um, don't want to put in the same amount of effort and work into everything else. Yeah, versus right. making the music, which is fair. I mean, I feel like, and it's rare because it's rare to be good at a lot of different things. Like you know, you, you know, you're either you're either someone who's good at one specific thing, or you're kind of like an all rounder that is kind of jack of all trades, yeah. master of none. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, I've heard that a lot. And I, and I want to, I want to take out the master of none in that well, equation because I feel like that's a little bit. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I, I was just going to say because I think that's like the common phrase, and yeah, yeah. people stop talking at that point. They're like master of none. That's the phrase. Yeah. But I think there's a another part to that. I'm going to try to look it up because that's not the full quote. Oh, the true original quote of uh, right, what, and it, how it that gives came from yeah, yeah, and it gives it more meaning in a, a different context. Interesting. Kill kill five seconds for me. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So they're completely independent, and um, they like uh, also sort of. I want to say between these albums, um, and when Emmanuel joined. Instead of releasing a new album, they did like twelve consecutive singles, and that, and they were just focused on um, putting these singles out instead of an album. And I think it took them a, over the course of a year or two years to put out all those singles. And they yeah, just, they they released like twelve singles yeah, yeah. over two thousand sixteen to th- two thousand eighteen yeah, or something. Yeah, and um, they're their goal behind that is because they wanted to build the following kind of thing and they wanted to build an anticipation for the album, Um, you know, because the album would have some of these singles, but also a lot of brand new material kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, Well, I pulled up the quote real quick. So the full quote is Jack of all trades, master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of none. 
Uh, or I'm sorry, a master of one. Uh, yeah. So jack of all trades, master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Oftentimes better than a master of one. Yeah. So and yeah. and that that's that's by Meet Victor Visek. <laughs> don't know if I'm pronouncing any. I don't know if I'm speaking English was, at this point. Who is that? I want to know who that is. Yeah, sounds interesting. Yeah. But I, apparently, yeah. that's where the quote comes from. And that kind of gives a different spin. It's not just the end, oh, master of none. Yeah, yeah. Saying that you should just be a master of one, and that's that's the ultimate power and fulfillment yeah, yeah. that I'm, you'll achieve in your life. But like, oftentimes better than master of one yeah. is very um, poignant for our current music industry yeah. world. And, and also, and, yeah, the times of now, I think, because, I mean, my perspective is, is I mean, for me personally, like whenever the, whenever I first really got the internet and started finding out stuff, kind of thing, mm-hmm. in like early two thousands, I was like, I was like, this is it. Like I can I can do anything I want to do now, right? Because it's like if I want to build a desk, I'll look it up. I can teach myself how to right. build it. If I want to build a speaker, I can do that kind of thing. And um, and it's you know especially now in this day and age, like. And with the technology and all that, I think it's real easy to do all of the things that would have cost a lot of money in the past to do. Like even just making and producing a record and making a video, music video or making a video in general kind of thing. Yeah. Like all of that stuff is just like being completely democratized. The tools are on our hands now. So I feel like that kind of notion of about being a jack of all trades, I think it's kind of a necessity like especially with the way the music industry sort of tanked financially and right you know it's like you know if you're going to be a, a brand new artist out in the world like what are you going to do are you going to um are you just going to make your music and hope you get signed yeah like just sit in your room and don't tell anybody about it don't do social media don't make your own videos yeah, don't exactly. like you have to you have to put yourself out there yourself mm-hmm. and then you have to think creatively about that like you know, right you have to be like, how, how, you know, what kind of photos am I going to do? What kind of videos am I going to do? Kind of thing, you know. And uh, I, I mean, think, you know, yeah. No, yeah. Speaking of which, because yeah. we're here talking about um, men I trust, and they they produce their own videos. Yeah, yeah. You know, for example, yeah. and like we said, they're completely DIY, no management. Yeah. No um, label or anything like that. So they're they're doing the music, which is high quality. It, it sounds very good. It's well produced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's I don't know where it all starts, really. Like that's mm-hmm. where it starts, right? It's making good quality music. And yeah, then, yeah. And then, and then in today's world, you, if you're going to be a musician who's not specifically trying to get signed to a label yeah. or whatever, you got to be. It's more important to be a jack of all trades at this point. Mm-hmm. Like you, you got to make quality music and production. Yeah. But you got to push so to social media. You got to make your own music video. Yeah. You got to do this and that. And you got to be your own manager and stuff like this. So yeah. yeah. Go go out on tour and stuff like that. And yeah, so you're you're, you know, the liaison to your own yeah. self, your but, own project. Yeah, and I think it's the best position to be in because the less, like you know, there isn't much money in the music industry anyway. So mm-hmm. The less pieces of the pie you can give away to other people and do yourself. Yeah, right. Even the better. You can reinvest it in making your next album or whatever and stuff like that. And you retain complete creative control. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's obviously a value for for exactly. artists more yeah, and more today for sure yeah yeah so 
So that's, I mean, beautiful. So these guys are killing it with the DIY. Yeah. They're doing it all yeah. themselves out of Canada. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, we could talk about um, how they make their music because I think most of the time yeah. they did it on isolation. So they're in different, even their different towns yeah, yeah. outside of Montreal. They have like one communal house though, right? Where they sometimes live at and mm-hmm. have their home, their studio at, but they still live separately in different places. Kind of thing. Yeah, I was wondering, does, yeah. does any one of them live there full time? Or they have yeah. they all have separate three separate houses, but then there's one separate house, a fourth house that they all meet up at. I don't know for sure. I didn't catch that. Um, I feel like at least one of the guys, it might be like uh, Dragos's place or something like that. Right. Um, I'm sure it's under one of their names. I don't know if they split the lease or something. <laughs> exactly. I, I didn't get this deep into who's their on, research. Who's on the lease? Yeah. You should go look that up <laughs> at the Quebec uh, property database. Property. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. I don't know. Um, but he did say about that, like, because it's, I don't know where it is exactly, but it's like somewhere, it's like two hours away from Montreal or something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. like this quiet place that's like, like obviously really cold in the winter and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's a small town. I didn't get the town name. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's like a, a town of a thousand or less yeah, people. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think they have like a chimney stack in, in the side of the studio. And I think that's kind of, they said was an inspiration for the warm, cozy sound of Uncle mm-hmm. Jazz uh, was because it was like cold and wintry outside, but, um, but it was warm and cozy in the studio. Right. Kind of thing. Like, yeah. I, I think they totally encapsulated that feeling so, yeah, for sure, yeah. of like you know, being bundled up in cozy and warm in yeah. a nice little, you know, abode, yeah, but yeah. with, you know, harsh winter yeah, yeah. coldness on the outside yeah, yeah literally keeping warm with a you know a fireplace yeah yeah in their studio essentially yeah and so, they, they also said because it's a small place and there isn't much around um but there is a lot of greenery around there and, and they said basically there wasn't anything else to do when you left the studio for a break other than to just walk around and think about music yeah <laughs> which is beautiful yeah, yeah. Ag- again you know they, they work in isolation but even when they're as a team it's yeah. still kind of isolated yeah and they're not in a big city. They don't have a bunch of distractions. Yeah. And I, I feel like you can see what they're able to produce with that kind of set and setting. Yeah. yeah. And I think they've been super oh, successful doing that. Definitely. Yeah. I guess it's time to talk about Uncle Jazz officially. Yeah. Let's move on. Because we, we keep talking about it through everything else we've <laughs> talked about through this podcast so far. It is the one. It, but it I is think the it, one. I think it is the one that really um, resets them and... Uh, and is their statement on when, like, you know, everything we've done till now has been great, but this is, like, what we've been aiming for kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. I think this is what they've been wanting. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel joined the band in th- 2016, and they kind of found their sound, released a bunch of singles. I feel like it's their, their story was all leading up to this album, this mm-hmm. beast of an album, which we said is 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's, like, 24 tracks. Mm-hmm. So it's a monster, almost to a detriment, mm-hmm. where it's almost a little bit too long, possibly for me. Yeah. It's yeah. That's a very long album. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're like used to short albums, but I am trying to think now even like older albums. How long was like some of the classic albums? Were they like were they like an hour long or something like that? I mean, like I Beatles White album was a double album. They just they did it. Yeah. Like who yeah. cares? Yeah, yeah. But all but it is different cuz this is not a double album. I'm not sure what the differentiating factor is. I mean, back in those days, I think it was like four vinyls. It's a double album, yeah, or two. I don't know. We don't have this much vinyl. Um, yeah. yeah so I mean, they delayed this album up multiple times because they wanted to keep working on it. Yeah, there were. I think it was um, Shiriak's house. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's um, 
Drogon. What is his name? Yeah, Dra- Dragos. Dra- Dragos. Yeah. Dra- oh, by, Dra- by the way, dear Wikipedia, you have his name spelled wrong. They said it was Dragon. Oh, for real? Yeah, and I was like, I first saw it, and I was like, his name is Dragon. That's kind of cool. It's kind of dope. Yeah, but I was like, wait a minute, that's kind of weird. And then it, then uh, they got it wrong. Wikipedia's wrong. So we we sh- Roots of Groove should go in and edit we that. We should go edit that. Page. That'll be our responsibility. We right We're responsible now. for yeah. this stuff. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna take a message break here, and yeah, I'm just kidding. Like, get your references. Um. So yeah. So one of the instruments that they use heavily on this album is the Yamaha DX7 synthesizer. Yeah. And saw that. So yeah. I think that's kind of, that helped them really kind of lock in their sound. And, Which is and, a weird, like, it's kind of an 80s yeah, sound, right? And I don't... Totally. I don't really... um They're not using it in an 80s way, which is great. They're sort of... Well, yeah. So that right. specific synthesizer, Yamaha DX7, was famously used by Brian Eno. Mm-hmm. Makes it... I just discovered him last year and I was going through okay. his stuff and it's super great. Yeah, super yeah, chill, yeah. kind of electronic-y. Yeah kind of droney soundscape yeah not very poppy no yeah you know super cool stuff i would check out brian you know yeah and then an aha yeah used yeah. it in the hit <laughs> single take on me yeah crazy so yeah. that that same exact synth and that's you know i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't put that together listening to aha's take on me and any of um men i trust albums no. and be like oh that's the same scent i know no, it exactly. i heard it <laughs> like it doesn't sound the same they're not using it in quite the same way maybe no yeah, yeah. um but there you go i don't even remember the synth in take on me Take on me. yeah like i, I know that oh is that it is i that don't know if synth? that's the one that's the only melody i can think of synthy on that must be i mean nothing that's unless it's a more background kind of pad like a drone like, yeah. yeah so maybe and then i think it was also more recently used in bruno mars yeah um throwback ballad versace on the floor mm. sure i haven't heard so, that but it's a it's uh, a good jam is it yeah. yeah i don't listen to a lot of bruno mars i do respect he's him because he seems very very talented yeah yeah he's i mean he's Singing, great dancing music making yeah he's well-rounded he could do it all i respect yeah. him i don't I, listen, saw, I don't actually, put on his music very often i think the reason i respect him because i saw him a clip of him as a kid on like a tv show doing like a talent thing or something like that. okay and he was doing i think he was doing like an elvis impersonation or a michael jackson uh-huh. impersonation or something like that he was just like, psh, like i think like 12 eight years old or however old he was but, yeah. I, I think he did it the old-fashioned way just kind of like uh, yeah. i don't know if he was discovered on youtube or something but i think he was like in hawaii Oh, really? Yeah. Doing kind of a Justin Bieber thing, like playing on the streets. Yeah, yeah. You know, making stuff up until he got a kind of a following and got some notoriety and stuff like that and just kind of built him up, you know, pulled himself up by the bootstraps. There you go. Yeah. Or, or so. Now he's a Coke fiend. So, yeah, I'm just is that, is that true? I don't know. What, what's the latest on Bruno? Okay. I don't think he is. He looks like he might be one, but uh, hey, that's very judgmental. Shut up. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> we're not here to judge. Do whatever you got to do, guys. Exactly. But so, yeah, Uncle Jazz. I love this album. It's, it's a, it's, it's super chill. It's groovy. It's jazzy. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of subtleties, mm-hmm. but it's, it's mainly about the, the, the minimalist kind of dynamic. It's really chill. It's smooth. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like chill funk. Yeah. Cause it's groovy and kind of funky, but it's not like hard hitting groovy, funky. You know yeah, what I mean? No, it's definitely chill French pop. There's a, there's a couple of tracks on there that are sort of acoustic guitar led. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was almost going to say it was maybe only one track. Um, feature at least yeah. I think there's one track that features I think there's one acoustic called, guitar specifically. One called Pine and one called and the track Pierre that we mentioned earlier that was one about one of their friends. I think mm-hmm. uh, are the two sort of tracks that use acoustic guitars. One of them might feature it more heavily than than the other. But um um but yeah, it's definitely like yeah, it's just like nice it's it's a weird I think pop has like created its own genre now at this point. Um because a lot of right. times when you think about pop, you think about Britney Spears, Christina, like pop music, like all the boy bands and stuff like that. But then when you use it in this context, it's kind of like maybe you're sort of thinking more about like vintage pop, like um right. it, six, yeah, it 60s a little vintage. French pop or something like that. Totally. Like, you know. Um And then, you know, yeah. it's not uh hugely dynamic album but it, no, i think no. there's a track called furo gt yeah, yeah which is basically like it's like a heavy it's, it's interlude like, or something like that yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. like an instrumental interlude and it's like a like a white snake instrumental yeah, yeah. with like you know guitar like yeah, yeah. like screaming guitar yeah, yeah. when i first someone someone wrote about it and I, I was expecting it to be heavier than it was but it it's, it's mm-hmm. it still fits with their vibe but it's like a like a sloft a sloft <laughs> a soft dirgy like 70s rock yeah it doesn't sound, sound like listen that. to this album it's the 13th track yeah. you know so we're deep into this album and that's just let over just halfway through us <laughs> yeah exactly it's like literally right at the halfway point so i don't know if that uh, makes the marker between like you know side one uh, side yeah. a side b maybe that's what they were going for yeah as a kind of transitional piece yeah um but just saying that they do have a little bit of dynamics on this album, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't say it's a completely super wide range dynamic album because no, yeah, they, yeah. they keep it pretty steady, yeah. somewhat one dimensional. Yeah. And I don't want to say that too much in a bad way because oh, yeah. all these songs hit a nice mark. Yeah, no, it's it's very, I mean, it's extremely cohesive. I mean, yeah. it's just like, a, like if you want that warm vibe, and you love it in one track, well, now you got 70 minutes of it. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. So if you vibe with this, yeah. you'll vibe with this whole album. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So this is where they have the track called Air. Yeah. Which well, is I, track 19. Like I said, um, they usually only like talk about personal experiences. That, I don't know. Maybe they might be talking about that in the lyrics as an inspiration. I don't know. I, I feel like they're talking about something else. But, you know. We're not claiming anything here tonight on this episode. If anybody knows some insider information, we'd love to know. Hey, we don't have the authority and neither does Wikipedia. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) It didn't come up in any of my research. So um, I would like to play another track off this to give uh, our listeners um, something to vibe to and something for me to vibe to. Yeah, (laughs) I Um, need something to vibe to as well. Sounds good. We all want to vibe. But the one track that I'm super pumped about that I keep going back to is Tail Whip. Yeah. And then I want, I think we have two on the playlist we have pulled up, but do the album five one. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's what I'm more familiar with. Okay. And it's just, it's just a good jam. Uh-huh. They're doing more of the same, yeah, which, yeah. you know, again, not in a bad way, in a great way. Yeah. And I love it. It's jammy. It's vibey. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's melodies are great. It's yeah. super chill. I love it. Here we go. Here we go. Tail whip. I 
was a little bit of Pierre, that song that I was talking about earlier, which is about one of their friends. That's what the lyrics are about. Um, before that was your track of choice, Tail Whip, album five? Yes. Is that what V means in Roman numerals? That's what I'm guessing it means. <laughs> and I, I tried to look it up, but I wasn't able to find anything about why. There's several tracks on Uncle Jazz. Called Tail Whip. It's a Tail uh, Whip Revisited. Yeah, there's yeah one called Revisited. Yeah. And then there's several other, another couple tracks that also have in parentheses album five or album V. Mm, and I'm not sure what, what the connection is exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I do know that some of the, like we were talking about, they released like 12 singles within a few years. Yeah, yeah. Period. Yeah. And some of those songs were reworked for Uncle Jazz. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it has something to do with that. I'm not exactly sure how it was organized. And I wasn't able to go through all of the singles and re-listen to the different releases yeah they're one of these groups that is uh because we feature we focus on albums mostly right on this show going yeah. from like roots to grooves exactly <laughs> the story the narrative um you know which is uh, i felt like is a good thing a good choice of ours as well because like the albums are the pillars and, and from everything we've been talking about on these shows of all of these artists like there hasn't been one, one artist that hasn't looked at an album as like a body of work or a statement kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, but like obviously the EPs and the singles are important and, and those, and there's many tracks out there from these artists we talk about, especially men I trust as well that don't feature on these albums that are sort of the fillers in between the albums kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the albums are like really where they like a lot of I, all of these artists we've talked about, they all seem to like focus their attention on, when they you know going to create an album getting into that mindset mm-hmm. getting even going into the physical space of doing it sort of right. thing and then uh, surrounding themselves of all of the gear and the instruments to create that sonic world kind of thing that they want to create sort of thing totally um i don't know what that says about us i think we, we uh, both gravitate to the same kind of thing we like yeah. art art pieces the full album yeah, yeah and like singles are great yeah different tracks are great that's how things get done and everything yeah you know but i think it's so beautiful it's well yeah it's the whole thing um, put together in in one piece yeah i've been doing this uh like with the drop like you know i play brand new releases every week and Mm -hmm. and uh that's some good stuff right there everybody check out the drop (laughs) on signalradio.com and um you know a lot of times i'm finding you know off all over the few weeks of doing several shows, there will be several drops from different artists, mm-hmm. the same artist kind of thing. And then an album will come out and I'll be like, mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even know the album was coming. Cause yeah. I'm not really that looped in into their release schedules and stuff like that. Um, that'd be, that'd be a lot of extra work to know yeah. all of these particular artists release dates. It is a bit based yeah. off the single that comes out that week. Yeah. So, um, but it's interesting, you know, to hear those singles come out over a few weeks and then to hear the album and you know some of those singles are on the album and some aren't but it's a whole new world and it's like it's kind of like a little it's like a nice surprise because it's like i've liked these tracks and now here they are like with like a body of work that's like yeah right from that sonic realm kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, no. so that yeah just to say about the album thing yeah like that's why i still think albums are good i know like a lot of listeners out there just listen to tracks individual tracks a lot of times creating playlists no harm no foul yeah but um but when you find an artist you like 
you know. Um, and that was actually one thing that Men I Trust said as well about um, about their DIY indie approach to releasing music sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, saying that they put their music everywhere. It's on every platform that you can find. Um, a lot of times it's free. Um, and they said, uh, but they get really ex- ex- kind of excited when, you know, someone will download like from Bandcamp kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because they feel like, uh, I think Drago said this, like, you know, he feels that like if someone's taken the time to actually download it, then they're a little bit more immersed in, in what they're making than the, totally. ca- than the casual listener. Totally. Like, yeah. And, um, and those, those are people that they want to create a relationship with a fan artist relationship mm-hmm. with and be a little bit more, um, personable towards and, and you know, yeah. yeah, it's definitely easier to ask somebody to, Hey, check my stuff out. Here's one track. Here's three minutes of a of yeah. audio rather yeah, yeah. than, Hey, take out 60 minutes of your day and listen to all of my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it just really, <laughs> it's just asking so much more. And that's the whole reason why yeah. singles are so prevalent yeah. and useful yeah. and, and fantastic. So you can get well, a little, it's funny. a little Costco sample. Give me some of that. Well, that's the thing that's funny because back in the day or not, that's not that long ago, but like singles in my mind, and I think probably in the industry were like promos to buy the album kind of thing. They were sort of like marketing tent poles kind of thing for mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, we've got this 10 track album, but like here are four singles and it's, and the purpose of those singles is because it used to be, you'd have to spend two or three dollars on a single on a cd kind of thing right and there'd be like a b-side maybe or something like that which is cool and then but you get the album which is like twelve dollars or however much it was back in the day sometimes it was like seventeen dollars or something crazy yeah, even 20, <laughs> 20, maybe. 20 yeah. um you know and but it was like yeah to get you to get by the album but like now like the purpose of the single i think is is completely different now it's more like exposure getting to know the artists Mm -hmm. i mean it's the same thing but it's like i think it's like less of a marketing thing and more of a get to know the artist like shareability yeah yeah like it's easier to share something smaller yeah you know just like the same way you see somebody on the street like hey that was cool meeting you that was fun i met you at the bar yeah but i'm not gonna invest my whole life into your (laughs) life right now just based off of that one interaction but you can choose to do that and it's up to you yeah whether you want yeah. to be friends with that person or with the rest of that artist's music. Yeah, yeah. If, if that analogy made any sense, I hope I painted a picture there. Um, it makes sense in my head. It makes sense to me because I, okay. I, met, I met lots of crazy people in dive bars that want to be my friends and insert themselves yeah. into my life. <laughs> I bet. I'm like, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, listen to my single. Boundaries. Hit me up on Insta. <laughs> Boundaries. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about men I trust. Canadian yeah. mm-hmm. three-piece band, and we're talking about Uncle Jazz, their their latest LP released in 2019. One of the other coolest things that I saw was that Tyler, the creator, is mm-hmm. making an appearance in this story, mm-hmm. and he contacted them out of the blue on his own volition. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the right word. Yeah. Um, so he's a big fan of them. And he right. said he's a big fan, and yeah, he hit him up out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, DM. Yeah. I don't know if it was on Instagram or if it was personal message or whatever it was. Yeah. There might be a collaboration happening. Um, I think they wanted one. They said they talked about it, but uh, I think Drago said that he's, Tyler's a really 
busy guy. I mean, or, yeah, probably gets hundreds of messages a day, sort of thing. Right. So, um, but you know, it might happen. I know Tyler likes to do a lot of collaborations. So, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Happen, yeah. But and just off the off the face, it's a, a, a cool. I when I was doing this research, I never would have thought Tyler the Creator would come up. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting to see when these random, mm-hmm. disparate names come into contact with each other and yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even say their their music is super similar. Men I trust no. in Tyler the Creator. But I it's mean, cool to know that an artist like Tyler yeah, yeah. likes a band like this. There is some funky overlaps a little bit. Uh-huh. I mean Tyler definitely is someone that has uh a kind of wide ranging taste in music, I think. For sure. Which you can I tell. can't imagine. I don't, yeah. I don't know too much about him yeah. or his personal styles yeah, yeah. as far as music taste and everything. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure he's a big you know, indie rock fan. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Where he's he 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 will reach out to them yeah. on his own. It's I just like, think that's super cool. No, it's so a, it's a little fun fact. It's kind of like uh um Courtney Love talking to Alexandra Savior. Yeah, like, you know, I didn't know yeah. that would come up. Yeah, that's what we talked about in how, the last how, episode, by the way. Yeah, but um, yeah, like yeah, I mean it's cool when a big artist reaches reaches out to you like that. Like I can't, I can't even imagine. Like, I mean, what know. more, you know, validity could you ask for? Yeah, exactly. like, and Tyler's on the biggest stage in the world. Yeah, yeah. very well known. Um, in fact, I, I saw Tyler, the creator, at the Northgate Mall, <laughs> really, just north of Seattle yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was getting Subway. Really? Damn. Yeah, in the Northgate yeah, Mall yeah. with his buddy. I'm not sure who who it was. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But yeah. you know, there it is. Yeah. I, I was. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were hanging out outside the other studio, me, Shayhan, and um, someone else, and we were like. Uh, and and those guys like recognized the person that was walking towards. It was, I think I was there. I think I was the other guy in the story. It wasn't Tyler, but it was like someone he collaborates with um, that was playing a show over here. At, um, Earl Sweatshirt. Earl Sweatshirt. That's that, who it is. Yeah. He was walking. You, you were there. You yeah, were, that, okay. I was the other guy. <laughs> you were the other. <laughs> <laughs> I was the guy in the background standing around, just like I'm here. I thought it was someone else. Uh, there might have been yeah. somebody else too. Yeah, yeah. Andu or somebody yeah, yeah. in the circle. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I think Earl Sweatshirt was playing a show at yeah, just yeah. a few blocks down at the. So he was just like walking with his crew down the street, and then Shayhan was like, "Are you Earl Sweatshirt?" Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't know who. <laughs> I thought there were random people. Yeah, I didn't know who. I don't, I still couldn't recognize him. If right. You, if you showed me a picture. So. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool, and, and Shayhan when I was like, "Yo, what's up?" Shake yeah. my hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kept walking. Yeah. yeah. Cool little little tidbit. Exactly. He was playing a show at what's the what, Showbox uh, Showbox Soto. Well, I think. Oh, was it there or was it Wamu? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's 2019 or maybe yeah, something like that. Yeah. 18 or 19. Somebody look it up. He was in Seattle yeah. though. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's all I got on those guys. But um, I mean, yeah, we're talking about men I trust tonight, yeah. and I mean, yeah. So Uncle Jazz people. Yeah. If you if you vibe with anything that we've listened to here tonight on Roots to Grooves, start yeah. with Uncle Jazz. Mm-hmm. It's dope. It's groovy. It's jazzy. Yeah. It's subtle. It's mm-hmm. nice. It's chill. Sweet. Yeah. It's it's very sweet. Yeah. It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. There's guitar, funky bass, cool rhythm. Yeah. But it's all very chill yeah. and very smooth. Yeah. 
and I appreciate it a lot. And I'm I'm excited for these guys mm-hmm. that I feel like they found their their thing. They found their group. Yeah. And um, I'm excited to see what they do next. Yeah, they got they got something coming out soon. Jesse said we are currently working on new songs, and it should not be long Snap. before we release them. I'm pumped. Um, yeah, because uh, Emma said, oh, uh, Emma. I guess she goes by Emma, actually. I've, I saw Emma. Yeah. Um, she said we missed touring a lot. Uh, we were kind of lucky, though, with the timing this year, aka 2020, COVID shutdown. Mm-hmm. Um, they already wanted to take a break off of touring and because they did it nonstop for three years. Yeah, they were on hard. Until, like, 2020. And they needed the time to rest, and they were just like, oh, well, I guess the holidays are longer than they thought. (laughs) (laughs) Three-year-long Christmas break. But, you know, hopefully they're using that time to reset. And they seem like, because they need to tour a lot to make a living Mm -hmm. and to get the exposure out there kind of thing, but they also seem like a group that needs the time to really work on their music. And I, Mm -hmm. I hope that... You know, this is this is there. I think that I I'm a optimistic person, and, and I like to think that uh, there are positive things that have come out of the COVID lockdown situation. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like uh, you know, one of those massively being for a lot of artists that you know they just hold up in mm-hmm. studios and homes and making music, and without without pressures or deadlines because you can't do anything. Um, but I think that's only. I think we're just going to see a flood of like amazing music that's going to be coming out in the next couple of years. Yeah, because of the the quarantine stuff. I mean, I'm optimistic, but I also think it's kind of reality from like hearing various artists talk about um, their situations in lockdown, including Men I Trust kind of mm-hmm. thing. So yeah, I yeah. Think, I mean, yeah. a lot of good stuff comes from you know adversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Things you have to move through. Things that you know, trials, tribulations, yeah, kind of thing. And that, you know, it's the human experience. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any, anybody who's lived, who's just had a positive, easy life. Yeah. Like, day one, <laughs> you know, yeah. everyone has different struggles and it's crazy. And that's what makes it so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes the beautiful moments super beautiful. When you, you, you compare them about these, you know, 90% of kind of meh, mm. Or blah blah blah, just another day, boring things, or you know, some hard times, and it makes those sweet parts sweeter. Yeah. So cherish I'm, those moments. Right? Yeah. So I'm looking at the same way as you, Jay. Yeah. Hopefully, it's I'm, I'm I'm optimistic, and I'm looking forward to a lot of good music. I think it, I think it's gonna be a given, really. I feel like from from all of those artists, big and small, mm-hmm. or medium or whatever, that you know had nothing other to do than just be in their home studios yeah. for like a whole year. Sometimes that's what you need. I mean, these people might be like, well, actually, but I've also heard the opposite, um, unfortunately. So maybe this is not quite, this is the, the, the less optimistic side of the spectrum. But I've also um, heard people say that they've lost inspiration during hmm. lockdown and they haven't they've found themselves not being able to create music interesting um, during this time as well so i think it's about i think there's a you know i think there are going to be a lot of artists that kind of came crashing down and like oh, i don't know what to do <laughs> and then others that are just like super creative and have like five albums under their belt now ready right. to go or something like that but you know that's the thing as well yeah 
I, just, I don't know. It's no, it's it's been the age of the age yeah. of introverts. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like us, like introverts, they're like, we've been telling everybody it's great to have downtime. Yeah. And to be isolated. Yeah. And to be able to think and to be able to have time and space to create. Yeah, yeah. Like that's so valuable for a lot of people. Yeah. And you know, hopefully, it flips everything on the the head and you know. Extroverts are like, oh, introversion or isolation could be good, can be cool, yeah, could yeah. be introspective, yeah. time is good. Yeah. And then introverts are like, hopefully, yo, I could use a little more people in my life. Yeah. A little more connection, I human think, experience. I think this, uh, uh, this is totally off script, nothing to do with men I trust. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. It's like, I think it's, I think it's been a time of introspection and, and evaluation for everyone. Yeah, yeah. COVID. Evaluation, like you're saying, like the extroverts are thinking about the uh, being introverted, and the mm-hmm. introverts are thinking about it being extroverted, and you know, and it's a time to reevaluate like what's important in your life. And I think I don't know. I'm not going to speak for everyone, but I'm going to. I've always felt this for the last few years. Is like my time is important. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't anything more important to me in this life than my time right and i don't mean to say that selfishly i mean you know could be spending time with friends Jay's time is more important <laughs> than my time wow no i mean like you know my time my ability to spend time with friends or family or whatever right. loved ones kind of thing you know is like you know the time you spend on this earth and the things you do with your hours in the day mm-hmm are important and a lot of people like miss sight of that in the hustle and bustle of usual everyday life and the hustle and bustle is gone from everyday life so that's what i'm kind of trying to get at if any of this makes sense totally like you know it's i I feel like it can only uh, the optimist again in me again is coming out again (laughs) bring it out i feel like it can only be a good thing that that, like that like millions of people have had this time of self evaluation and time out yeah a little bit of a different perspective hopefully yeah and hopefully that rounds us all out yeah Yeah. in one way or another but i'm also looking at it positively like you are jay and you know it's good to remain positive and and see the light through the dark exactly that's all we're here to do because we can we're still on this earth we can only move forward well yeah you know no point in getting upset about the whole thing let's see how we can move through it all Exactly. Live to see another day. I love it. <laughs> another Roots to Grooves episode. Live to see another <laughs> I don't know if I can make it, Jesse. I can't. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> We're done. Pull the lever. <laughs> I feel like there's some movie sequence where it's like, I, if I could just reach the, that, I, yeah. I can't get it. <laughs> ah. Pull it. <laughs> that might, that, I think of um, Emperor's New Groove. And uh, I think it's Isma or or Phasma, Phasma, Phasma. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, no, it's a Disney cartoon. Came out a long time ago. Okay, wasn't a huge hit. (laughs) And she like pull the lever, (laughs) and then there's a and they go down, you know, to the depths of the castle or whatever it is. I think it's a trope, as they say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cliche trope. A story mechanism. Storytelling mechanism. Storytelling mechanism. But back on track, yeah. we're talking about um, Men I Trust. Yeah. Super cool, groovy, smooth band. Mm-hmm. Check them out. That's all I got on it, Jay. Yeah, I think we, we talked all of it through. Yeah. The beginnings, the indie approach. Still indie. Yeah, DIY. 
completely independent self-releasing all their music mm-hmm. no management they're going on tour yeah they're going by word of mouth releasing their stuff on their own and they're killing it yeah and they're they've they've you can see the progression through their albums yeah about what they're trying to create and and they're killing it and they're doing it and it's super awesome and i'm excited about them men i trust yeah i um check out uncle jazz that's where i would start if anyone's um listening or caring o-n-c-l-e yeah and you don't have to listen to the whole thing you know even put it on shuffle because it's a fat album yeah it's 70 minutes and if you don't want to go top to bottom listen to it however you want exactly but but the content's there and the content is good yeah and it's quality and this is a quality group of of people so absolutely i'm down for it so i'm here for it let's play out the track um i was gonna just play all right yeah that's all right with me jay all right 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 (laughs) matthew mcconaughey that's where that's from. Hey, thank you everybody for listening. It's, we we're talking about men I trust. This is Roots to Grooves. Jay, give us that email real quick. Uh, roots to Grooves at signalradio.com. S I G N L radio.com. Hit us up. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time. Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com.